friends, welcome to the Small Business Matters podcast, the only podcast that truly matters to small business. My name is Tim Fulton, founder, chief evangelist for Small Business Matters. I'm your host for this podcast. I'm joined by my co-host, Taylor Fulton, the director of marketing for Small Business Matters. Hello, Taylor. Hello. Good to be here. Great, great to have you here as well. I am so excited about our guest this evening, Beth Miller. I've had the pleasure of knowing Beth for a long time, and uh, I think we're very fortunate to have her with her for the podcast tonight. Are are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. So, Beth, good evening. Welcome to Small Business Matters. Well, thank you, Tim. So let me share with our listeners a little bit about Beth. In 2006, uh, Beth founded her consulting practice. It's called Executive Velocity. She provides expert advice to her clients on leadership capabilities and helps build succession plans for organizational continuity, and that's something we're going to ask her about. The way that I met uh, Beth is that for uh, 13 years, she was a chair with Vistage International, one of my colleagues, and was a very highly well-thought-of chair in the Vistage community. She began her career in financial management with Hewlett Packard and then went to work for PricewaterhouseCoopers. 1989, she co-founded MA&A Group Incorporated with her husband, and she served as the CEO and the chair of the board for this, that company. Uh, this was a technology project management consulting firm, and some of the clients that she worked with you may have heard of. Bell South, SunTrust, Wachovia, and the American Cancer Society. Her company was named a paysetter by the Atlanta Business Chronicle 1997, and also they were an Inc. 500 company. Beth is a graduate of Babson College and also the Harvard Business School's OPM program. She's got a number of different certifications, one of which is in the Myers-Briggs and also in Hogan. She's a certified managerial coach. She's also an author Beth, I saw that you published a book in 2014. Is that correct? That's correct. So a nice warm welcome to Beth Miller. Beth, thank you again for being with us this evening. Well, I'm excited to be here with you. Well, we always start off with the first question, and that question is, what is it that you do that matters to small business? Well, there are three things. The first is helping companies to hire great people. The second is developing leaders and future leaders within the organization. And the third is helping organizations create a succession plan that allows them to be sustainable. Talk more about that. When you talk about succession, succession planning, talk more about that. What does that mean? Yeah, so generally when somebody hears succession planning, They generally think of the CEO or the C-suite that needs to have talent prepared to take their position at some point in time. Succession planning, though, should be organizationally wide. So you should be looking at the organization, determining what the key um, positions are in the organization, and then other positions that potentially you're going to need that don't exist, and then plan for making sure that either the people that are in those key positions are fully developed and prepared to make that next transition, or you have to go out and find the right talent. 
Hmm. It's something that needs to be integrated with the business planning process. Beth, what does a, a typical client look like for you? Typical client is generally, I look at it from an employee standpoint versus a revenue standpoint. And generally, um, it's between 50 employees and 300 employees. So it's, it's an organization that has evolved where they have a management team and um, they probably have HR, but HR is usually tactical and not strategic. And my focus, in fact, um, a couple of my clients have called me the talent whisperer. <laughs> where I'm really focused on the talent that they have internally and the talent that they need to get externally. And Beth, as a follow-up to that, oftentimes when I think of a product service offering, I think that either a, an offering is, is a vitamin or an aspirin. If it's an aspirin, the client is in pain and, and you're being brought in to alleviate pain, you're the aspirin. Mm -hmm. Or a vitamin, the, the client is doing well and they just want to do better and you're being brought in as a, as a vitamin just to help yeah. them be healthier. I'm curious for you, are you more the aspirin or the vitamin? Wow, that's a really good question. I would, I would actually say it's a mixture, especially when it comes to coaching and, and development of, of leaders. It's bifurcated between a, a leader who is, is derailed in some way. And so, so that's when I'm the aspirin. Mm -hmm. And then there are the high potentials that an organization wants to invest in. And that's when I'm the vitamin. So it could be either one. Yes. Now, I would say that, that emotionally, pain is, pain is much more of a motivator. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. than um, the vitamin side of things. It, it gets their attention faster. Oh, yeah. So, Beth, with the clients you've worked with and, and just in small business in general, what do you feel is the, the role of a leader? My belief is the role of a leader is to develop future leaders. Yeah. It's, to, it's to empower those around you so that you can ultimately work yourself out of a job or your current job, I should say, and go on to um, provide greater value for the organization. Wow, I, I, I love that. The idea that uh, the importance of, of nurturing those that are rising up within the organization and, and not feeling threatened by that. Do you find that, Beth, that sometimes that leaders feel threatened in that position if they spend too much time developing those coming up that, that maybe they feel threatened by that? Again, there's kind of a mixture, Tim. There, there are some people like that. But what I find more is individuals who will say, well, gosh, you know, if I'm delegating and developing downward, where, where do I provide the value in the future? Mm. How do I fit? Mm -hmm. And so my role as a coach is to help them explore what the future is going to look like and help get them there. So, Beth, I know that you're spending a lot of time currently uh, helping your clients in their hiring practices and av avoiding the many hiring mistakes that companies are making today, particularly small, medium-sized companies. What are some examples of that? What are some of the hiring mistakes 
that you see maybe your clients or companies like your clients, what type of mistakes are they making today? I think one of them is uh, not understanding the bias within within their hiring process and making the the hiring process consistent, integrating some sort of validated hiring assessment mm. into the process. And I think the the second is that especially with high growth companies, they they tend to to focus on today. Meaning, this is what I need to fill today. And because of that, they're not interviewing for potential. You know, what is, is the individual, do they have a, a growth mindset? Do they adapt quickly to change? Mm-hmm. Are, are they a learner, a lifelong learner? Those are things that oftentimes they're not looking at. Meaning they're spending too much time looking at what they've already accomplished versus what they're capable of accomplishing. Right. What was in the past and fitting that past with with their job description and then not not looking at the position or the person strategically. What could this person be three years from now? I got asked a question recently. I'd be very interested in your response uh, to this, Beth. The idea that when I'm filling a position, I have a choice. I can look inside my company and try to promote someone uh, internally into a position, or I can look outside of the company. Mm-hmm. Any advantages, disadvantages in either one of those, inside versus outside moves? Well, obviously, in, inside move is you know what you're getting, whereas an external move um, for hire, there is some risk there. But if it really depends on the position, if you know, if if you're pivoting in your organization, and like to a new technology, for instance, well, it's probably going to be more efficient for you to to go externally to find that, versus having to train somebody and and lose time on that. So I would look at it on an, a case by case basis. Beth, tell us a little bit about your book. Yeah. So. Um, I wrote the book as a way of expressing the fact that, you know, talent is is so important and that people, meaning leaders, aren't as talent obsessed as they should be. So it's it's a it's a quick read. Um, It's I'm actually thinking about writing another version of it. Um, It's it's on my to do list. (laughs) Uh, But it. It's got stories, it's got steps that you can take, techniques to use. It's common sense, but it's a great reminder of the fact that leadership is about talent and finding talent, retaining talent, and developing talent. And for our listeners, uh, Beth's book is available. I know it's on Amazon. It's entitled, Are You Talent Obsessed? I would encourage our listeners to seek that book out. So Beth, you are, I know, a very talented executive coach, well-known in in the Atlanta market. I'm curious, how would you describe what is your role as a coach? What is someone getting when they hire you as a coach? They are getting somebody who's going to challenge their limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. They're going to get somebody who 
ask the really hard questions. Coaching is really about questions and listening. Hmm. Whereas a, a mentor is, and oftentimes I, I put my mentor hat on, but a mentor is, is really, you know, sharing experiences and life experiences that potentially would benefit the individual. But for instance, today I was having lunch with a client and he was having some challenges. And I asked him, I said, you know, what have you been doing differently today from six months ago? And he started going down the path of strategy. <laughs> I said, no, 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 no. We're talking about you, not, not the strategy, but you. And he kind of looked at me and his eyes got big and he said, I don't think anything. <laughs> I said, well, how's that working for you? He's <laughs> like, not good. I said, okay, well, let's, let's talk more. <laughs> Do you have a, a favorite coaching question that you like to ask? You know, I kind of go in spurts where one will work and then I'll, I'll rotate to another one. Um, I think that one of the things that I like to start with is I'm curious. Yeah. Tell me about whatever. Mm-hmm. And that kind of opens, opens the individual up. And then if, if I, I think they need to hear something difficult, then I, can, I would say, um, can I share an observation with you? Again, it's, I'm, I'm getting permission. Interesting. I'm taking notes here, Beth. I'm taking good notes here. <laughs> I've made thousands, maybe millions of mistakes in, in my career. Most of us, I think, are in the same boat. How about, Beth, your best mistake that you can think of in your career and maybe a worst mistake? Hmm. That you know, it's interesting that the way you word, word that the best mistake and worst mistake. That's mm-hmm. that's hard to answer the best mistake because <laughs> I I always pair mistake with worst. <laughs> so let me start with the worst mistake, and it was years ago when my husband and I were running our company, and we had we had a high potential that was working with us, and. Looking back, my emotional intelligence wasn't very high. Good thing about emotional intelligence is that you can improve it. <laughs> but, but at the time, we had like two separate offices, and she was in one and I was in the other. And, and she, she made some comment about me not being up in her office enough. Mm-hmm. And my response was, well, out of sight, out of mind. Now, if that's lack of empathy. Yes. I mean, it's just awful. Mm. And, and here was this, this woman who had some really great potential. Two months later, she handed in her resignation. And, you know, I look back at that. And if I had been emotionally intelligent at the time, I would have had an entirely different response. And the outcome probably would have been different. And Beth, when you say emotionally intelligent, Talk more about that. What what does that mean for our listeners that may not be familiar with that term? Yeah, so emotionally intelligent is there's basically four, sometimes they, they say five components to it, but it's it's for first the individual being self-aware and being able to self-manage, self-managing their emotions. And then from an external standpoint, 
being socially aware of the impact they're having on on others and the social interactions that they have. Um, And then to kind of tie it together is that empathy. So Beth, for our our listeners joining us, Mm -hmm. what is one key piece of advice that you would give just in a broad sense? Learn to coach. I think coaching is a great skill that all managers and leaders should have. I think the second thing is to ask for feedback. You know, managers and leaders are great about giving feedback, but requesting it from others can be a huge benefit. And then finally, getting back to emotional intelligence is, is understand where you are weak in those four, five components of emotional intelligence and build them. Look for a mentor that may be strong in empathy, for instance, and sit down and talk to them about, you know, what are the things that they do that makes them so empathetic? Those would be the three things. You asked for one, but I'm I'm into the three. (laughs) Three is great. I want to remind our listeners that you're listening to the Small Business Matters podcast. It's the only podcast that truly matters to small business. Our guest this evening is Beth Miller, exemplary executive coach, author. Beth, we've now gotten to my favorite period in the Small Business Matters podcast. It's the rapid fire questions. Get your seatbelt on, settle in. Taylor, are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Fire away. All right, Beth, easy one first. What is your favorite tactic for uh, decompressing from work? Sitting with my cats. Okay. Um, that stresses me out. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You're talking to two, two dog not people. Start, so. Yeah, not when they start purring. It's very common. What is a, a book that you would recommend to small business owners for leadership, coaching, talent management? All the above, right? All um, the above, yeah. Well, any, any yeah. of them. You know, there's, especially for a small business, Gina Wickman's book, How to Be a Great Boss. All right. I think, I think I've actually maybe read that one, which is yes. good. <laughs> great, great choice. What is a, maybe a, a red flag for hiring that you would like to share with our listeners? Oh, gosh. One? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just one. I think that, you know, in the hiring process, one of the things that, that I recommend is that, you know, after a phone screen and you're, you've decided you want to bring them back for, for face-to-face, that you require them to do something before that, whether it's, you know, answer, you know, write out, write out an essay or um, do an online assessment or something and see whether or not they do it in a timely fashion. I like that tip. Kind of on a similar line there, what is maybe a, a myth around hiring or talent management that you'd like to share? Ooh, a myth. Here's one. And it's, I think, really important in today's world when there's such a huge talent shortage. And that is that you've heard the term slow to hire, fast to fire. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a myth. You can't do the slow to hire. You've got to have a really tight process because you're going to lose good talent. Just in terms of they have other options. And if you're not, Oh gosh. Yeah. And then on top of that, have a really good onboarding process where the onboarding starts as soon as they accept 
not as soon as they walk in the front door. Cause I've, I've had a number of clients tell me that they've had people accept offer letters and never show up, you know, cause the, the person was you know waiting for another offer. Or, so that onboarding as soon as, as soon as they accept is really important. Keep it sticky. And we'll get you out of here on this. What is your favorite travel spot? Did your father tell you that I traveled a lot? <laughs> he might've mentioned it. It might've slid that question <laughs> in the deck. <laughs> so, um, Africa. Africa, wow. I love, I love animals. So South Africa, Uganda, Botswana. If I could get there once a year, I would. Oh, that sounds great. Well, Taylor, I've got a full page of notes, and I'll share a couple of my takeaways, and I'll be interested in, in several of yours as well. Beth talked about the importance of succession planning, which is a, a big part of her practice. Companies always looking ahead, uh, anticipating changes, uh, additional roles, and, and planning for that. The, the idea that a, a coach can be both a, a vitamin and an aspirin to companies in terms of uh, the need that they're, they're fulfilling. I thought Beth uh, spoke beautifully about the role of the leader to develop uh, future leaders, to always be looking to help coach and, and develop those underneath. And then she outlined uh, a, a couple, I think, really important hiring mistakes that companies make. Taylor, what were a couple of your takeaways? Well, I think my, my favorite one was the one we just touched on was the myth around hiring slow and, and firing fast. And I've certainly seen that in, in my time overseeing hiring processes in that if we do take too long, candidates will at times withdraw an application or say they've moved on. Um, so I, I certainly agree that speed is, is and efficiency is really of the essence at times. Beth, I'm sure that uh, one or more of our listeners will want to reach out to you after the podcast. What's the easiest way for them to contact you? Well, probably the easiest way is my email, which is beth.miller at executive-velocity.com. We'll put that in our show notes as well so that listeners, if you'd like to reach out and uh, talk to Beth, I'm sure she'll be happy to, to help you in any way possible. Beth, it's just been a pleasure having you with us tonight. I feel like I've, I've known you a good part of at least my coaching life, and <laughs> I've learned a lot from you and uh, working with you. I'm very appreciative of everything that you do. Thank you for being with us tonight. Well, thank you for, for the opportunity, and thank you to all your listeners. All right, Taylor, another great show. A couple things going on with Small Business Matters that we'll, we'll finish up with. We recently launched our mastermind group, the Small Business Matters Mastermind Group. We've got a boot camp that's getting ready to launch uh, next week. And we have a conference right around the corner. A lot going on at Small Business Matters. Any final words for our listeners, Taylor? No, I think you covered it. We've got a full page of notes here, and maybe if we're lucky, we'll get Beth to come back with us another time. We had a number of questions that I, I didn't even get to, so we may have to ask her to come back again. That would be great. Great. All right. Well, I want to thank our listeners for listening to the Small Business Matters podcast, the only podcast that truly matters to small business. May each of you continue to pursue all that matters. Mm -hmm.